Hi, this is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight Senior Living. Welcome to another edition of the McKnight Senior Living Market Leaders Podcast, where industry experts share their insights. We're here today with Centric CEO, Darren LaGrange, and we'll be talking about three concepts to address occupancy, staffing, and value concerns in senior living. Darren, you believe that three issues are driving our industry to accelerate change. Could you talk about those? Sure. Thanks for having me today. You know, the world we live in today, I think we would argue there's probably a lot more than three issues that we're all dealing with in in the country today. But yeah, we'll focus on the three that um, I think are the critical drivers today in senior living. As we talk to people in the industry, we hear three themes. The first is occupancy, and I, I don't think that's any secret. For all of our communities, um, but especially IL and AL communities, it's about increasing occupancy back to pre-pandemic levels. For higher acuity settings like skilled or hospitals, it's managing occupancy. But at each level, everyone is concerned about what is the right level of care that we're going to provide, which then directly relates to the second issue, which is staffing. And this is obviously an issue we're all very familiar with. Senior living and healthcare organizations are competing for the same staff as companies like Amazon, other brick and mortar retailers, um, even fast food restaurants. And staffing shortages force us to look at new and different creative solutions on how to manage these resources. The third issue, as you mentioned in your intro, is what is the value for the dollar? Supply chain and labor costs have increased across the world, which causes prices to increase in in everything we do. And inevitably, that leads residents, patients, family members asking more questions around the services. You know, what's being provided and what's the value? What am I getting for the dollar that I'm spending? And that is leading to new expectations around care management. Even deeper than care management, it's leading to what is the lifestyle support and how are we driving purposeful engagement for the resident? And these questions have to be answered. Now, healthcare and senior living traditionally have had very separate roles in care management. Um, you say that the pandemic is erasing those lines. Could you talk a little bit more about the new care convergence? Yeah, this is something you know, we've, we've talked about for a few years at Centrix, even as we were starting the company, because I believe this convergence of healthcare and senior living started you know, three, four years ago. Um, it's not new, but the pandemic did fundamentally change the industry. There's there's now an expanded recognition that these communities are part of the healthcare ecosystem, whether they want to be or not. And it's now become about delivering, you know, the right care in the right setting at the right time to the right person. And we think that that's going to require a much stronger collaboration between hospitals, skilled nursing facilities, local physicians, home health, and senior living communities. We have to deliver the right care no matter where that resident, because that resident can be a patient in a hospital, a resident of a community, a member of a health plan. So no matter where they are in the healthcare ecosystem, how are we providing the right care? And there's three reasons why this is important. First is we've all heard of social determinants of health and how important that is becoming in the overall health and wellness of any individual. But this is critical in our post-acute world, in our senior living world. This includes how do we help coordinate resources for food, supplies or transportation, in-home care, even hospice, and coordinating these transitions from a hospital setting into a skilled nursing or even a lower acuity senior living environment. Second, aging in place. 
is a term being used everywhere today. And that's going to continue to accelerate as a theme as families feel you know, much more empowered with smart home technology, safety monitoring, other things that they can do to kind of know what's going on in mom's environment, even when they're not there. And while seniors can you know, receive things like medical care, food deliveries, cleaning services, things like that at home, they do have fewer opportunities for social interaction. And this is where we see communities starting to extend their services out from the traditional brick and mortar setting into single family homes, bringing those people that might live aging in place at their home into their community before they become a member of that community. But I also believe we have to be careful in letting technology handle so much of the interaction that we even further reduce the human contact with our senior population. Technology is wonderful, but it has a tendency to reduce the actual human contact that somebody has with the rest of their community. And we know that that is critical to the health of our senior population. Picking up on something from Ann Tomlinson and her group, um, Ann Tomlinson Innovations, she said that independent assisted living residents average 4.9 and 5.8 chronic conditions respectively. One in five older adults in a typical community have six or more chronic conditions and more than 33% of IL residents and more than 50% of AL residents have medical complexities that need to be managed. Now add COVID into that. And we are talking about a burden on a community and an operator to care for these conditions as part of the overall wellness. Communities have to become better at managing these conditions. How do we coordinate care? How do we help reduce risk in the healthcare system? And how do we create a better quality of life for, for mom? This all plays into the Medicare system that we have today. Our, our government is more involved. They have to become more involved. That Medicare population needs management to help our the system survive. And so where we have risk um, and financial risk, we have to have better care protocols and better continuum of care, continuum of care management. So what role will technology play in delivering right care, right setting? Yeah, it's a great question. We spent a lot of time looking at this, and some of these are going to be things people have heard of. So we'll talk about the first one is making tools like telehealth a standard service. You know, we're already seeing this happen. I think we've all heard um, through the news about the expansion and acceleration of telehealth being used in these senior living communities. But we believe this is going to become more and more of not just a need to provide a visit to a doctor, but to provide a differentiator. These models help reduce cost in the overall healthcare system. They help improve the quality of life for our seniors. The hospital is the last place we want mom to be. Um, you know, I've been in this industry a long time, 30 years of healthcare IT, and our hospitals provide great service, but it is not where we want mom taking an ambulance ride to the ER. We need to keep mom from that setting. And we do that with tools like telehealth. It helps reduce these admissions by bringing care to the resident, not taking the resident to the care. We also think video conference itself is going to be a huge technology, upgrading communications capabilities, family members being able to talk with mom through a video conference at the touch of a button without a laborious need to log into an app or put a password and an ID in is how do we let mom access video phone conference ability with her family 
at the touch of a button. We need to ease the ability for the family to interact with their loved one. And then the entire care spectrum is going to be about care management and transition tools that talk to each other. Um, We have talked for decades in healthcare about interoperability, and we're just now starting to see some of the fruits of that. But it is time in senior living that we look at ourselves as part of the healthcare ecosystem and how does data follow the patient, the resident, the member through the healthcare continuum. If we have that data transparency between all the constituents and how it follows the person through the system, we now know that there's technology out there, um, machine learning technology, artificial intelligence technology that can take this data and turn it into insights about these patients and residents that might be in need of care that hasn't even presented itself to the healthcare ecosystem yet. And that's how we get to improving the quality of life. Staffing shortages continue in every industry, but they're acutely felt in senior living. Some say that new credentialing requirements are making things more difficult. How should operators respond? Yeah, it's absolutely right. Um, And I I'm going to coin a term that uh, the the country's using, the great resignation, I guess we're calling it. It, It's not lost on senior living in the healthcare ecosystem. Um, We have the same issues. Um, We're competing for the same resources, um, losing resources to companies outside the senior living industry. Hospitals are closing wings as employees continue to leave. There was something we saw in the Washington Post recently says senior living communities have lost over 420,000 workers in the last two years. The Barrel Institute cited that nurse turnover in the acute care setting was 18.7%. It's astounding um, the number of people that we are losing to other industries. Staff burnout is, is it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's just a fact. And this forces the entire ecosystem of senior living and healthcare to rethink not just how it recruits and trains, but how do we retain our workers? How do we make it be a place they want to be? Operators are gonna have to get creative when recruiting. They're already looking to third-party companies to help with these just-in-time hiring needs. But how how does a community create a pipeline of candidates? And then what investments need to be made in, in the people that they need to hire? And we have to make the industry more attractive to the younger generations. They have a lot of options uh, of of places to work, especially in today's market. And we need to help them see this job as more than a paycheck. It's a way to give back. But also, they expect technology. They expect technology to be a part of their day-to-day work experience. And so we have to not only change the resident experience with technology, but we also have to change the way our caregivers and our frontline staff in these communities interact with residents interact with their ecosystem, utilizing technology. Staffing shortages also have led to new thinking about how to manage resources overall. How do you think that will continue to expand in 2022? Yeah, another great question. You know, we've seen the concept of community engagement change as our operators are moving from the traditional large scheduled events to more personalized events. And This is where communities also have the biggest opportunity to demonstrate value, as I mentioned before. You know, communities are now facilitating smaller gatherings around purpose-built matchmaking, 
um, you know, a love for a college basketball team or an interest in genealogy might lead to different programs that are more intimate and tailored to the individual. Leveraging technology to connect residents with other residents who have like interests, like purpose, like passion. You know, the reports of isolation and loneliness um, has elevated the focus on how we address socialization, especially as communities have to shelter in place. So a new form of this social determinant of health isolation has been associated with dementia increase, uh, increased risk of coronary artery disease, and also increased risk of all-cause mortality. Socialization is critical in our communities. And so to do this, we talked about this, communities are utilizing technology such as video conferencing on ways to ease the interaction with families. How do we gauge proactively the well-being of residents? And at the same time, we're starting to see more senior-focused applications that help fulfill needs like prescription delivery, as an example, something mom needs on a day-to-day basis. The last area of managing these resources is leisure and lifestyle management. We're seeing big leaps forward in how we service residents differently and address the price to value question uh, that we talked about earlier. You know, how do we expand dining services to include food ordering, integrating billing, as an example? How do we tailor programs to the purpose of the individual? We talk a lot about the need to give people purpose in the community. It's what keeps them, it's, it's what improves longevity. It improves quality if, if somebody feels they have purpose. How do we tailor programs to someone's purpose? Well, first we have to find out what that purpose is. We have to engage the individual. And we, what we believe this creates the ultimate advantage for the community. It differentiates them. They provide more value for the dollar to the resident. Well, one only needs to look at the latest smartphone and smartwatch technology to see the role data plays in a consumer's health. Some operators have been slow to adopt technology, though, and the use of data to more than just measure their business. Um, but you say this is changing? Yeah, we, we think this is changing dramatically. I mean, I, I, I sat on a panel a few years ago and, and talked at that point about data. And the industry is, is shifted from, you know, I, I don't really want the data because at the end of the day, if I have the data, I have to do something with it to I'm now expected to have data and make use of data. Care has already started moving from just managing sickness or injuries to how do we identify risk and then slow down or even prevent an adverse event, not just manage sickness or an injury. How do I prevent it from happening? Technology is the way this is going to happen um, because technology is the key to making all this work together. As an example, in the data we're looking at today is how do we assemble leading indicators, right? We all use leading indicators in our business. How do I know if sales are going to go well? I have to look at leading indicators to tell me if my future projection for sales is going to meet uh, forecast. We can take the same thing in a senior living community and look at leading indicators of what did the individual do over the last 24 hours? What were their sleep patterns? What activities did they attend? What was their food consumption? We have access to allergies, medication data. We can even pull lifestyle data, such as what, what is their TV consumption? What shows are they watching? 
All of this data is available to us today. And by integrating the technology and the data that's right there on our doorstep, we think we can pave the way to start to identify risks before they happen by understanding historical trends. I always say the, 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 the industry that uses data more than anyone, right? We'd all agree is the insurance industry. Insurance is based on data, but they utilize historical data to predict future risk. And we're talking about the same thing in senior living. We have so much access to information on mom and what's happening in that room that by making use of this information, we can actually believe we can start to predict future risk. But to do that, the technology has to be integrated. It can't be in silos. And the data has got to be pulled together. The goal of all of this is improved quality of health and of lifestyle. And how do we create better years for mom, not just more years? And technology and integration is how we get there. Well, follow-up question to that. Um, how, in your opinion, will data help reduce rather than add to risk? Well, and as I, I was saying before, is this is a shift going on in the industry. Now, first recognizing the need for the data. But I, I, uh, somebody on our advisory council once said to me, you know, Darren, data is great, but data doesn't really tell me anything about what I should do or what somebody should do with the information. And I agree with that. Data by itself doesn't solve any problems and, quite frankly, can create risk. We're not, we're, we're not minimizing that issue. But we believe you can move data to information and then information to insight and insight to action. And if we can take data and start to identify needs based on this information, we can start to personalize experiences for the resident. The more we personalize information that is specific to a resident, we believe we reduce risk, not introduce risk. A couple examples of how technology is being used today and the data exists to actually improve the environment. Cameras. Cameras are not just about seeing who might be present in a location. Yes, that's what a camera does. It memorializes somebody in a location somewhere, right? It's what we take pictures for. But cameras now can also detect when a fall has occurred. It can detect water on the floor, even a hazard in a community area that might be cause somebody to trip and fall. That data reduces risk, not increases risk. We reduce the risk of mom ending up in the hospital for something that could have been prevented. You know, there's gate evaluation software where we can identify changes that might signal someone's needs a walker or a wheelchair by utilizing that information. Smart mattresses. Technology has been out there to, for a long time that has bed sensors. I know that somebody's in bed or not in bed. But now there's technology that lets us know how somebody was actually sleeping. Did they have a good night's sleep? Were they restless in their sleep? Okay, that reduces risk. That can reduce fall risk. The TV remote control, nobody ever thinks of this. But simple data coming off of a TV remote control, capturing the number of clicks it took for someone to get to their favorite TV show, and it took longer this week than it did last week for them to navigate the same clicks on their remote control. Could that be a sign of a cognitive issue? All of this can be implemented today. The way we reduce risk is integration and then in creating an interrelation of all this data 
And then what actions can we direct off of this information? We reduce risk when the technology and the recommended action off of this information can actually create a better quality experience for the resident and improved health. Well, looking ahead, what other technologies do do you believe will be adopted in uh, 2022 and how will they help operators deliver more value for the dollar spent? Yeah, so for starters, communities are going to be looking for ways to simplify the way their technology is managed, both operationally within for themselves, as well as what the residents see and interact with. You know, their, their focus is on caring for residents. They need technology to work, but they also need it to be integrated. The, uh, I, we believe that the, the, the days are over where you have five or six point solutions in a community managed by five or six different people. Communities are confused and they need simplification. Simplification in the way they manage technology and the way the residents utilize technology. And this is gonna become more and more true as our baby boomers and our our next generation um, senior community, they're gonna be more comfortable with technology. They're a consumer today. You know, they're used to paying for tech-based services. You know, so as people start to introduce themselves and and, and present themselves into our senior living communities, we have got to look at the way we utilize advanced technology, but simplify the usage of it in the room. You know, we also believe that going forward, communities are going to replace what we call these first generation, first generation engagement programs. We see products out there that are, you know, they do very good things of providing dining menus. They provide work order entry, the ability to see some activities going on in the community. We believe that going forward, new engagement solutions have got to start focusing on individualized experiences. What is that resident's well-being plan? How can we create purpose and passion for the resident that is individualized? How do we integrate engagement tools into the healthcare ecosystem? How do we bring telehealth and engagement together into an environment that makes it easy for mom to not just interact with the community, but to interact with her physician, to interact with her family at the click of a button. And last, we, we, we realize that communities are gonna realize that technology is not just a cost center, it's a revenue generator. You know, We believe that at the end of the day, technology can generate revenue for the community. I know for me personally is if, if I was offered the ability to pay a little bit more per month, to know more about what mom is doing in her community. My mom's in an independent living community. If I could pay a little bit more and have access to technology, it lets me know what's what mom might be doing this week. Of course I would pay for that. I wanna be closer to mom, not farther away. And technology allows me to not be there physically, but to at least be there uh, mentally and emotionally with her to understand what her day is like. And I believe that communities in the future are gonna find Families would be willing to pay for that, and it becomes a revenue opportunity. Technology becomes a differentiator. And then last, we need integration. I've said this before. Communities, we are past the days. Every other industry has moved this direction. The healthcare industry has moved this direction with with certain strategic vendors that own the market. When we talk about hospital software, 
We all know who they are. It's integration. And the senior living um, industry needs to move to integration. Five vendors providing five different solutions in a community is not sustainable. Nobody can manage that. And it's time for interoperability and integration uh, in the senior living industry to deliver more value to residents and to families. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Darren, and for sharing your expertise to help operators. I've been speaking with Darren LaGrange, CEO of Centrix. Thanks everyone for listening. For the McKnight Senior Living Market Leaders Podcast, I'm Lois Bowers. 